Yeah, so we have really the you know, values first approach. We make it at every stage of the process, whether it's sourcing, interviewing. One way to make that happen is that we make sure that our company really lays out that and those values very clearly to applicants. Yeah. yeah we try to be as transparent as possible. So we want to make sure that the ones who apply are you know, like-minded individuals. And that's yeah. why the first step is really to advertise those values. Yeah. And the second thing is to make sure it build throughout the process so that we can screen and test for those values. Hi folks, Laura here, Head of Growth at Seed, and welcome to our latest episode of Scaling So Far. I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Olivier Buffon recently, Head of International at FAIR. Headquartered in San Francisco and founded in 2017 by Square alumni Max Rhodes, Marcelo Cortez, Jeff Collison, and Danielle Perito, the startup also has offices in Waterloo Kitchener, Toronto, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, LA, New York, London, Sao Paulo, and now Amsterdam. So they're pretty global. The company partners with 300,000 retailers across North America and Europe, with over 40,000 brands from 80 countries. They're providing greater opportunity for the independent retail community to compete against big box giants. Essentially, they're democratizing access to consumers for artisans and more local brands, something that was super powerful throughout the pandemic. We discuss what Olivier is focused on in his role as head of international, their values first approach to hiring and how this is baked into every stage of the process, what expanding international means operationally, particularly from a talent perspective, and how their value of ownership drives empowerment, entrepreneurship from within, and success across their globally distributed team. Well worth a listen if you're a founder or talent leader with ambitions to expand into fresh new locations over the next year or so. Enjoy. Olivia, really, really pleased to be chatting with you today. Uh, first off, thank you very much for joining us on, on Seed Scaling So Far podcast. It's great to have you with us and we've been looking forward to this for quite some time. So really brilliant to, for it to be happening right now. Um, for our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi, Laura. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, my name is Olivier and I'm the head of international affairs. Awesome. Thank you. And, and uh, obviously, you're, you're head of international at FAIR. The company was founded in 2017, right? And you've already got 350,000 retailers across, I think, 15,000 cities, um, which is absolutely incredible. Could you just tell us a little bit more about FAIR's mission and vision, please? Yes, of course. Um, well, at FAIR, we are on the mission uh, to empower independent brands and local shops to run their businesses the way they want, and more importantly, to compete, to be able to compete with competitors that are a million times their size, whether it's e-commerce giants or large retailers. We've been lucky so far, I think, to have been joined by a lot of those community members over those five years, yeah. in North America first and now in Europe. Um, and so now we have around 350,000 retailers around the world and 50,000 brands that have joined and a large share of those ones are now based in Europe. So a huge community already um, on FAIR which is fantastic and really I suppose crossing those uh, you know any sort of global boundaries right you're able to really tap into that worldwide community which is fantastic. 
And is that what drew you to the company? Was it in June last year that you joined? Yes, that's right. It was uh, or May last year. And um, the reason why I joined was really the alignment with Fair's mission. Uh, I had very personal reasons for that. To share it with you, it was because I have, you know, quite a few of my family members uh, who are makers, who have their own brands and product create their own products. Yeah. And I was also lucky to grow up in a in a neighborhood around Paris where uh, there were lots of small local shops that mm. were bringing a lot of life to our community and playing really a key role in the neighborhood. And so I've seen really firsthand how crucial it is to support both the brands and the retailers and to bring more technology to this sector of the economy, which so far had not had been supported by technology. Mm. Thank you so, so much for sharing that more personal story as well. I think, as you say, like having experienced it firsthand or have people close to you as well, like you know how important it is to show that support to local artisans essentially. and. Yeah, I think being able to make sure that, um, you know, they have that equal opportunity to to sell their products and showcase their products on on the on, on, you know, online is super, super important. It really gives visibility to that more local talent. Right. Yeah. So that was that's why it was such an easy decision for me to join fair. It was really a no brainer. Brilliant. And so you raised an incredible funding round last year um, off the heels of, of the successful European expansion. Was it 400 million Series G? That's right. Incredible. Huge, huge amount. Um, and, and FAIR is obviously now officially a Decacorn with a 12.4 billion valuation. Um, again, staggering, staggering growth and something that you must all be so proud of as a team. What has the journey looked like for you at FAIR so far? You joined in May. What what's the you know what's the period been since then for you on a more personal level? Yeah, I mean, look, it's been really beyond all of my expectations. Um, it really went fast. Yeah. Uh, to give you a few examples, uh, we are about to reach our, or we just reached our first year anniversary in Europe. Uh, as we started in the in the UK, and since then we've launched in uh, fifteen countries across Europe. We've been also lucky to have a lot of brands and retailers join the platform and to give a lot of very encouraging feedback. Um, mm. And you know they have generated more than a hundred fifteen million dollars of sales yeah. in just six months. Uh, so that means that it's thousands of thousands of new connections between shops brands, makers that have been established. Mm. And it really feels like the beginning. Um, and to support all of that growth and momentum, um, we've had to build our teams, of course, uh, you know, in open yeah. offices in London and Amsterdam. And um, feeling very, very lucky to have more than 150 passionate team members yeah. and uh, who really live by the mission, who have joined mostly for that. Mm. And I think, you know, you can really feel it when you come to our London office. So it's something that is extremely energizing. And so for me personally, uh, it's really been quite of an intense year, but also very rewarding. Amazing. I can imagine, especially seeing that footprint grow, not just from a partner perspective, that community perspective, but also from your people perspective as well and seeing those boots on the ground in London and Amsterdam. 
I would love to know um, why London and Amsterdam, obviously with the, the headquarters being in San Francisco, what was the decision-making process around the, where those offices were going to be? Yes, so I've always been, uh, I've been scaling the, the platform and onboarding brands and retailers. Mm. We've been building offices across the world, frankly, not just London and Amsterdam. We've also opened offices, well, as you said, in, in San Francisco, but also in Kitchener, in Toronto, in Atlanta, in Los Angeles, Salt Lake City, New York, in Sao Paulo as well. Yeah. Um, so we've built more than 10 offices across the world. Um, we've really tried to hire world-class talent mm. everywhere. And um, as for Europe, you know, starting those two locations have been uh, a, a very efficient way for us to onboard mm. a lot of international talent. Um, we have people from across Europe covering all of the countries in those two offices. We have more than 15 languages that are spoken in those offices. So those have been central points to cover all of our European countries. Fantastic. Yeah, they're both such sort of cosmopolitan hubs, aren't they? And um, especially Amsterdam, I think it's such a um, fast growing tech hub specifically. And there's some incredible talent there as well. So that's brilliant to hear. Thank you for sharing. And um, and for you as, as head of international expansion, like what are you really focused on in the next sort of 12 to 18 months and and how does your talent and people agenda for fair really tie in with that expansion yes so we really want to continue supporting brands and retailers in all the countries where we're already active and you know there is a lot more to do uh, to better understand their challenges their needs and to build technology around that Uh, so that's really the priority one that we have and also we want to bring fair to new countries and new communities. Yeah. And as you said, um, to get there, the number one priority or the number one way to do that is really to build a world-class talent team. So mm-hmm. I'd say that for me personally, uh, in my role, that's really the top priority. Yeah. Um, and if you look at last year, you know, we have doubled the headcount. Uh, it's now 800 of us globally. Wow. And we're planning to double again next year or this year Um, and so maintaining a very high bar both for quality but also passion for our mission and our community is my main objective as we scale so fast incredible and do you have sort of a mix of functions in different offices or do you have sort of an engineering team based somewhere your commercial team based somewhere else or is it just a real mix yeah, it is a mix. We have, uh, if you take the example of London, we have uh, commercial teams, we have support teams, yeah. uh, we have strategy teams, marketing teams. So it's really a mix of functions. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I was saying, one of the key factors is to bring team members from all of the countries that we support to yeah. make sure that we have good representation of all of the communities that we have active on the platform. Yeah, that diversity of talent piece is really key for you because you are representative of of so many different sort of um, artisans and and suppliers, right, or partners. So, yeah, that that makes lots and lots of sense. So you you've got tons of experience in scaling, Olivia. Previously, GM of EMEA um, and America's for Airbnb experiences, and obviously in your role at Fair now. 
what have some of your biggest learnings been when it comes to scaling and internationally specifically? Yeah, I think one big realization uh, with you know when scaling fair was that our customers, our brands, our retailers all have the same end goal, uh, whether they are based in France, in the UK, uh, in the US or elsewhere, they really want to grow their business, to expand their activity and to be able to focus on what they like doing the most. So if you're a brand creating new products, if you're a retailer having the best selection in store and uh, introducing it to your to your customers. Yeah. So that fundamental need is really the same. Now, as we've scaled, we've also seen that there was a lot of nuance, a lot of need for customization, whether it's around regulations, ways of doing business, cultural mm-hmm. preferences, localization. And so we've had to adapt a lot uh, to really serve our, serve our community in the best way in each of those countries. Yeah. And, and that's why, uh, you know, for next year, we're going to be really focused on understanding and meeting each of those needs for each of those key countries, uh, whether it's building the best local supply, the best local selection of brands in each of those countries, mm. whether it's solving some of the pain points around duty, shipping, VAT, all of the things that the small business owners face on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Yeah. And so we're going to have our best engineers, best product managers, best operations people focused on all of those challenges Mm. and uh, try to help our brands and retailers grow as fast as possible. That makes sense. So really, you're dealing with, especially when you're doing it internationally, there are everybody's driven by those same values and the same desire. And, um, Mm. you know, what they want is to make sure that their products are accessible to all right you're almost like democratizing um their products and accessibility to their their craft and um but as you go into these new territories there are certain procedures um processes that are unique to that territory so it's navigating those in each different location that you're you're sort of expanding into exactly and um it is fair to say that as we expanded through Europe, uh, we have found a lot of challenges, of course, around regulations and fragmentation, uh, probably more so than in North America, the skills in North America. So wow. that's, a, that's a very specific challenge that we're facing every day. Massive learnings that come with it as well, I'm sure. <laughs> awesome. And, and for you, are there any like real common mistakes that you've seen made um, or sort of pitfalls to avoid when when you're thinking about scaling internationally? Top of mind, I can really think of two main ones. I think one is, as you scale so quickly, as you try to open countries so fast, um, it can happen that you lose a little bit of connection and the feedback loops with your customers. Try to focus on building the products, on solving this or that challenge as fast as possible, and you forget spend time with your customers and so to me that's been really one of the priorities to make sure that we would keep those feedback loops very active yeah and that we would spend a lot of time with brands with with retailers so you know as an example every week i spend two hours meeting with brands meeting with retailers i have a block in my agenda just for that and Mm. mostly just to talk to them about what's top of mind for them and trying to understand better what we can do to best support them yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been very helpful, but also very energizing. 
Yeah. Uh, another thing that we've done is that we've uh, pushed a lot of our uh, North American colleagues to come and visit uh, the London office, the Amsterdam office, and to spend a lot of time as well um, in all of the cities in Europe where we have large communities. Yeah. Again, to just talk to customers and just to understand them better. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a really interesting point as well, because if you, so your team were originally, or you were originally founded in, in North America, right? So when you're opening these sort of um, new locations and expanding internationally, having those sort of, I always think of them as like culture carriers or people who were there from the beginning in that found, not necessarily the the original founding team, but the early people who, um, you know, did shape your culture, being able to have them visiting these new locations and, and living and breathing that culture and sort of the the team who are in these new new locations then start to assimilate to that as well so it helps with that almost the expansion of your culture by having those people go to those locations absolutely i think it's one of the key aspects to build the local culture and Mm -hmm. to make sure that you keep a very high bar uh, for the people that you bring in and for how then you build the local energy and the local culture in the office yeah so the other um, the other pitfall that I you know, try to avoid at all costs um, is about really like compromising on the quality or the values alignment when hiring. I think that can be also a very strong temptation to try to hire as fast as possible, to scale as fast as, fast as possible. Mm. Um, and frankly, I think it's something to be avoided. Like we do not want to do this and we'd rather slow down when needed or if needed to ensure that all of the team members that join the team join for the right reason and join because they are fully aligned with our values and and with our mission. And uh, it can be very hard at times to resist that temptation, but I think it's it's one to really bear in mind. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think that when you're scaling, especially when there's that need to scale at pace, it can be really tempting to... To, to shortcut that part but actually you're then going to end up having to retrofit it or fix that mistake early later on down the line right so what are the values at fair yeah so we have uh, we have five main values we have a value around serving our community mm. we have one which is seeking the truth yeah. which really means you know trying to be very rigorous about all the problems that we face trying to be uh, always digging to the root of problems. Mm. Our third one is about being owners, you know, raising the bar, acting as owners, sharing yeah. our Legos. The fourth one is embracing the adventure. That's mm-hmm. a very important one, especially as we scale. So really push our team members to dare, uh, to bias mm-hmm. towards action, uh, but also to have a nice time and to laugh and to have fun. Nice. And the last core value that we have is uh, being kind so we are kind we always have some good intent we're inclusive and uh, we support each other so those are the five core values I love those they're brilliant values well what a great set and and when you are actually um, hiring for values do you have a separate values interview for people or is it baked into sort of existing interviews with different team members yes so we have really the Never values first approach. We make it at every stage of the process, whether it's sourcing, interviewing, all of the steps, all of the steps. 
And right. um, one way to make that happen is that we make sure that our company really lays out that and those values very clearly to applicants. Yeah. yeah we try to be as transparent as possible. So we want to make sure that the ones who apply are you know, like-minded individuals. And that's yeah. why the first step is really to advertise those values. Yeah. And the second thing is to make sure it builds throughout the process so that we can screen and test for those values. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think as well, like part of that, um, you know, even if it's having your values in a job ad and being really explicit about them, it's enabling people to also disqualify themselves, right? Like if this isn't a company that aligns to my personal values and what I believe in and what I want to be guided by day to day, I shouldn't apply there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely brilliant. And and I think your point about having a values first approach is is really interesting as well. And I think sometimes people put the values interview at the end of the process, but actually it's really core to people's behavior and the, their way of working that it should be baked in right at the beginning um, before you sort of go through, you know, a three, four, five step pro- interview process. Like m- let's make sure that we're aligned in terms of our values first. So I love that. Cool. Um, I would really love to dig into um, the operational aspect of international expansion, if you're happy to. Um, I think many folks listening might be thinking about launching their startups in new markets, potentially. Um, Do you have a framework or a set of key elements that that really have to be considered, um, especially from a people and talent perspective? Yes. And um, I think I've covered some of those points in the in the previous answers, but it's really about, to me, it's really about A, making it the first priority mm. of your business as you scale. That is probably the most important thing. In our case, it is, but I think in the case of many businesses, it is. So that's, I think, the step one. The step two is what Peter would just discussed, which is around, for us at least, taking this values first approach throughout the hiring process. Mm. Um, the next one to me is around um, setting up um, the hiring engine. And what I mean by that is really making sure that you have a setup that allows you to have great sources, great recruiters, great coordinators, a whole team in place to build the pipeline and to make sure that all those processes will be run as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. And here again, it can be I think, very tempting to try to move and hire some of the key roles before you fill that engine. And uh, I think in our case, it's been very helpful to sometimes slow down to make yeah. sure that those foundations were in place. This has allowed us to go much faster afterwards and also mm-hmm. to make sure that you maintain a very high bar. Yeah. Um, and the last part, I think, is focusing a lot on building the local culture. Right. So once you've hired all of this great talent, making sure that you have a very, very strong company culture and set of values, mm. uh, you know, that you look after your team, that you invest in them, that you provide them with lots of opportunities and inspiration. Yeah. Uh, and as I was telling you, you know, one of the core values at FAIR is about being an owner. And so that's something that we you know, try to push continuously at FAIR. Uh, mm. Whether... It's about uh, having special weeks when people can come with their own projects and work with engineers and product managers to mm. build them outside of a predefined roadmap. Um, 
or whether it's about uh, having our founders come to our European offices on a very regular basis, become more or less on a monthly basis. Brilliant, yeah. Uh, to make sure that they convey that message to the teams. Yeah, and really portray that sense of, um, you know, everybody is a priority. It's not necessarily that, you know, you're focusing on one headquarter location, like no matter which location you're opening in and 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 hiring into, like they have equal importance. And, and yeah, I think having that founder presence there on a regular basis as well is so important. Um, it really shows that that sponsorship and that um yeah, definitely the, the focus, I think, for the business as well, which is great. So you now have, is it well over like 900 employees globally? Exactly. I think we're at around 800 employees at the moment, yes. Incredible. And, and you've got offices, obviously, in the US, um, Canada, UK, Brazil. I, as you mentioned, you're opening up offices elsewhere as well. You've got yours in Amsterdam. Um, as a fast-growing company, how do you really keep your team motivated and connected um, and all rowing in the same direction despite being in these sort of multiple locations are there certain roles that you have in in different locations or initiatives you've launched or behaviors that you try to drive yes the first one is the one i mentioned around being an owner i think Mm -hmm. that one is essential because through that core value we're really trying to keep an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial culture, even mm. as we scale. Yeah. You know, we always say that FAIR is built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And I think it's essential because that allows us to understand better the mindset of our customers. Mm. And so that's why we want to continue operating as a startup where everyone feels ownership, feels empowered and can bring their ideas. Yeah. The other one that has been, I think, essential to our team members is really around transparency and, and growth mindset mm. uh, and to give you an example of that um, the meetings that they are quite special and i find very very energizing because they're actually not presentations they are mm. very energizing debates uh, to give you an example we have weekly or bi-weekly business reviews mm-hmm. and those ones are open to the whole company so everyone is invited to join to listen in and there we have some very open and sometimes uh, very direct debates and you know, with a lot of transparency about what has gone well, not well, what we should do differently. And so that's a great way, I think, to share more with everyone and to make sure that everyone on the team, even as we scale, feels empowered. Yeah, that's brilliant. And and are those, when you have those um, regular business meetings, like do they, um, or business reviews, do you record them and like host them somewhere for people who might not have been able to access live or is are they are they all live and and, the, and you know the the power of them comes through that debate and that live environment yeah so one of the things that we've done as we have scaled internationally that we have adjusted our whole operating cadence mm. um, and we have adjusted it to times that would uh, make it possible for all of the team members and all of the offices to join yeah uh, it's sometimes challenging but we have found a few slots that do work yeah. um, and so everyone is invited to, to join live but of course you can also go through uh, notes and recording and documents um, but everyone is invited to join at the same time so that they can really join and participate in those in those discussions be part of the live conversation yeah Absolutely. 
what I mean when you're international and you're trying to coordinate um diaries across time zones <laughs> that's another level of uh wizardry that <laughs> especially if you've got sort of Australia the UK the US India like yeah it's um can be very difficult so a lot of admiration if you're able to achieve that um and last month you were named, FAIR was named on Built-in's 100 Best Places to Work in San Francisco list. So first of all, congratulations. And that was for 2022 as well. So huge, huge achievement. Um, what is it that you feel makes FAIR such a great place to work for its people? I feel like you've said quite a bit that has made me think, okay, it's a brilliant place to work already. <laughs> but is there anything specific that you think really makes it stand out in addition to that? I mean, a lot has changed over the past two years. And it has been, of course, a challenge because uh, we went through the pandemic and at the same time, we tripled the size from around yeah, 200 people to 250 to 800 today. Yeah. Um, but there are a few reasons why I think that people are so energized. Uh, I think the first one goes back to this alignment with our values. I think because people care so much about our brands and about our retailers, they get energy out of that. And when they see that mm -hmm. all of those community members are expanding thanks to the platform, I think it just brings them a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's the first factor. Then the second one is that, of course, we've tried also, especially as we were moving to a more remote world, we've tried to bring a lot of energy to meetings mm. you know, through a lot of small changes, which in the end have added up. And I think they have helped a lot to keep the energy levels very high you know a small example is that for all of the all hands and large uh, company meetings we have an employee who plays dj for the meeting and uh, so who bring their own songs and you know <laughs> it's both quite fun but also a way to get to know them better uh, we also have guest speakers who come to all of these meetings and we have customers so customers join those meetings uh, and so they share the stories uh, and you know, most of the time it's it's very energizing, sometimes moving. Yeah. So that also helps a lot. I can imagine. And and to be honest as well, like I was obviously what picking up on on your both points actually, you know, when the pandemic hit and um all of these sort of local craftspeople or you know people who weren't sort of parts of big chains and didn't already have e-commerce presence, like fair as a company enabled them to continue to to run as a business and and actually to give them the right platform to access that global audience and and to continue to sell their products so that's incredibly powerful and and a you know being part of that story as part of your team you're making a difference like you're you're affecting positively affecting the lives of of, of hundreds of of um sort of independent retailers out there which is yeah something that i think you can get behind exactly Amazing. And um, if there was, I love this question, <laughs> if there was one thing that you'd really like to, to wave a magic wand at and fix when it comes to scaling globally, what would that be? Oh, that's a difficult one. You know, I don't think, I'm not sure there would be one because I think it's always going to be um, both, you know, hopefully a very energizing, very exciting, but also a challenging journey. And I don't think there is anywhere around it. And that's also the beauty of it, I think. The yeah. fact that all of those countries are different, that all of the challenges are different, that you need to go and understand 
all of your customers in each of those countries or sometimes cities. Mm. And so I don't think there can be really a silver bullet to that. Um, yeah. I think um, it's more about embracing the adventure and embracing actually that diversity uh, and making sure that you get energy out of, out of all that hard work. Yeah. And as you mentioned, what with one of Fair's values being, is it own it or that sense of ownership and being, you know, entrepreneurial? Like we love, we love there being blockers that we need to overcome, right? <laughs> That's why we're in what we're doing, what we're doing. And we're working for these like, you know, innovative companies because we want to overcome challenges and find ways to make things work that maybe don't work. <laughs> That's, That's why part of it and I'm sure that's why you know your team are, are doing what they're doing so that makes perfect sense so Olivia a couple of light-hearted questions just to bring our our chat to a close today is there anything that you're super passionate about that you really just find unapologetic amounts of joy in obviously this can be professional personal or both the professional level um there are sometimes for sure, difficult days or long days or you know, days where it's just a lot of challenges. And I guess it's important to know where you can get your energy back from. And so for me, one trick is just to often just go out of the office and uh, go and meet some of the retailers or brands that we have on the platform. And so as I'm based in London, it's actually very easy to do because we have a lot uh, of them based here in London. Yeah. And so one easy thing is just to go out of the office and go and talk to the coffee shop next door or the concept store in another street. Mm. Um, and uh, so far, it's always been a great way again to, to get my energy back and just remind me why we're doing all of this, why we're putting in all this hard work. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's my little trick. Nice. I like that. It definitely sounds like a way to really, yeah, as you say, get your energy or bring you that energy back and, and remind you why you're doing what you're doing. So brilliant. And and is there a thought or a value or a phrase that you really like to live by, Olivia? One of the core values I really, really like a lot, which is around seeking the truth, yeah. which really means like trying to to go deeper, to really understand the root cause, to not take you know, the obvious for, for, for an answer. And uh, that's something that really uh, resonates with me and I've been so impressed and so inspired uh, when joining FAIR uh, mm. to see how seriously people take this value at FAIR, how much they try mm. to decompose and understand problems. Uh, to build the best possible solution yeah um, and so yeah, it's one of our core values which is really quite unique and um, and and which I think also has been one of the secret weapons if you want uh, for for the success of fair so it's one that I always uh, try to, to keep in mind nice and I think it's so evident that that ties in as well with your entrepreneur the entrepreneurial kind of value that you have as well that sense of ownership because digging deeper is about yeah like knowing that I could be better this could be better like how do we make that better and even you know what you mentioned about having the the business review meetings and inviting everybody to to reflect and say this went really well this didn't go so well what can we do next time that's that digging deeper value um, that really is instilled in. It's not just a 
you know, a value that sat on the wall, like you have these beha- these um, sort of rituals, like the business review, that that value is core to, um, and core to really making sure that everybody's living by it as well. So love it. Um, finally, and we can close after this, <laughs> any folks that have really inspired you um, when it comes to scaling and taking a people-first approach? In my very first weeks with FAIR, um, I traveled quite a bit across Europe and mm-hmm. I went to a few uh, fairs and trade shows and met a lot of community members. And mm-hmm. I remember that that brand, that French brand, which I met, um, it was started by, um, by a woman who was living in, uh, in Paris and in the south of France. Her life was split between the two. And she decided to start that brand just a few months before COVID. And she started, she faced all the challenges that you can think of. Uh, it was possibly like the worst possible time for her to start her brand. Mm. Uh, and that story really uh, is often on my mind uh, because for a few reasons. One is that I really like her brand and she does, uh, she does uh, toys for kids. Uh, which I love and which I brought to my children. So that's the first reason. But the second one is that throughout uh, this pandemic, she has managed and she has found ways to expand her brand against all odds. Um, One thing she's done, obviously, was to join FAIR. Uh, That was one of the things, not the only one, but that was one that helped her a lot to find retailers and wholesalers and clients across Europe. Mm. She also... Uh, started her own distribution channel. So she had lots of tactics. And I could really see through her story all of the difficulties that you face as a small business owner. Um, and mm-hmm. despite that, how she managed to scale that brand. And so she really remains a big source of inspiration for me. Uh, and actually still call her on a regular basis, often when I need to have feedback, whether it's on which product features to add or to launch, or yeah. if it's about how our team is doing and how um, the interactions with Fair have been going, yeah. And uh, so yeah, she remains she remains an inspiration, and I hope that we'll stay in touch in the in the coming months and years. Amazing. I wonder if she knows that you've uh, you've mentioned that she's your inspiration on here, Olivia. It's been so so brilliant speaking to you today, and I think. Fair is clearly a, a company that puts community first and, and that real sense of building a community um, globally, not just from a customer perspective, but also from your team perspective as well. Um, I am a huge fan of, of your employer branding, of, of you know, the, um, the image that, that you guys have online specifically. But having spoken with you today, it's so clear that actually that's not just branding like it's how you live and breathe and you operate and and your rituals and and values and behaviors which is just really bloody lovely so (laughs) thank you so much for for chatting with me today and um yeah it's been such a pleasure thank you very much for having me